Anchored in Reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Manoya. Join me each week as we probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Anchored and Reaching. And whether you're listening or watching, I'm glad you're taking time to join us again on this episode. This is the second episode in a new series that we just started last time called Reaching Your Community. And you remember that in the first episode, Susanna and I tried to lay a foundation for understanding the nature of social engagement and the idea that that holiness is not just heart purity, but it's social engagement. There is no holiness apart from social holiness. So this time, as I mentioned in that episode, we have some really special guests to be with us. And uh, the masters are here, and we're going to be talking with them a little bit in this episode about earning trust in your community. So we want to take this from the theoretical, the theological that we talked about last episode, and we want to put feet on this thing. We want to put wheels on this buggy, and we want to find out how it actually works in a community where Brett and Aubrey have actually taken that idea of social holiness and and put feet to it in a way that changes or transforms the community where they live. So uh, I hope that you will give us your feedback. You check out the show notes if you want to. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we're going to get into this conversation. Uh, Welcome, Brett. Welcome, Aubrey. I'm glad you guys are here. Yeah, Uh, thanks for having us. Lake Elsinore, California. It sounds like a funny name for a town. (laughs) It sounds like it could be a disease or something. Lake Elsinore where? Yeah, Lake Elsinore what? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a real place and there's a real lake there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, we've got a little bit of uh, background now on thinking about this idea of transforming a community, but tell us just a little bit about the Dream Center in Lake Elsinore. Yeah, so we are a missional church. Uh, We had both been in church ministry for a little while and uh, felt what we would call holy discontent. Mm. Um, So it was this burden of um, being a part of the church, knowing Jesus was the Um, you know, the saving grace for people that he offers freedom and abundance and the church is his vehicle, his instrument in order to bring his kingdom come from heaven to earth, Mm. but not seeing the realization of that in our community. And so we were burdened by it. And so we were in this holy discontent. And so we launched out as a missional church, feeling like we wanted to put the primary emphasis on uh, just transforming our community. Mm. Uh, we live in a pretty impoverished, uh, materially impoverished community. And so um, being on mission, um, being kind of the, the usually what we call the outreach arm of the church, like this was going to be the core, the foundation of what we did. So, mm-hmm. you know, we feel that um, outreach and, um, and like life groups and uh, gatherings are some of the primary um, 
um, big parts of what the church is. Um, but we had been too focused, we felt like, in the traditional tractional model on a Sunday morning gathering. The the traditional what model? Attractional church model. Attractional. Come, come to us. Gotcha. Right? So there's nothing wrong with attractional. Jesus was attractional right. in a lot of ways. But Jesus was also missional mm-hmm. in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And so we just saw that there was um, a lot of attractional in the church come to this event at church, come to Sunday mornings. Um, But there wasn't the same emphasis on missional, going out to the people. Mm -hmm. We realized that um, so many people that were hurting and broken in our communities were never going to darken the door of a church, Mm -hmm. even though that's the place they needed to be. Mm -hmm. That's where they needed to go for freedom and healing. And so we decided we're going to bring the church to their door. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what we do is we... Um, believe that we are called to restore and to rebuild the people and property of Lake Elsinore, physically, emotionally, and people and property. That's mm-hmm. right. Land, buildings, that kind of included yeah. in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Lake Elsinore, wherever you look, there are people and properties that are have been abused and neglected, um, dilapidated mm-hmm. buildings. And the way that a community looks, the buildings and the properties reflect the way that the people feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we want to invest in all of it. Um, Jesus's gospel is holistic. Yeah. Right. Right? Um, and so physically, emotionally, spiritually is the last part of that mission. Um, and we feel like we want to be an answer to all of the problems yeah. in the community. <laughs> it's not the government's job to fix social woes in a community. <laughs> it's our job, the church, yeah. because only Jesus has the power to transform a heart in a life. And so that's what we do is we come into uh, the community as the church, the body of Christ, the hope of the world, not waiting for people to come to us, but going to them and using any sort of imaginative and creative way to form relationship with people gotcha. and to bring them into the kingdom. and into mm-hmm. So, um, so, and I'm going to ask you this, Brett, if you don't mind, because she used a phrase that I want to go back to, because I think you said, Aubrey, that um, you did not see the manifestation of the church in the community or something, some phrase like that. Mm. I think that's what it was. So what are the metrics? I mean, what were you not seeing mm. mm-hmm. that you thought should be the effect of the church because that's fundamentally at the root of what we're talking about here Mm. is changing a community. So you didn't see something. What did you not see Mm. that said, Hey, the churches, they're not having, they're not making a difference here. Yeah. The best way for me to answer that is actually uh, sharing how we, we were first inspired um, to engage the Mm -hmm. mission field in Lake Elster. It was through activity, action. So we were a part of a local church that the mission statement we have, we adopted from them when we were sent out. Uh-huh. Um, Lamb's Fellowship in Lake Elsinore. Every six months, we would cancel a Sunday service and the entire church would go out in the community and take on work projects and service projects. And it was amazing. It, it was something that just got in our bones where we thought we should be doing more of this. And so when, when you ask the question, what were we not seeing? we were not seeing that type of missional focus of the body of Christ being the hands and feet of Jesus out in the community on a consistent basis. So we saw how it could be done. We saw the impact that could come from that kind of activity. But for us, once every six months was wonderful, but it just wasn't enough. And and we began to see this is a whole entire um, environment of the church that we're called to, that we're, 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 Doing lip service, worst case scenario at best, we're just dipping our toe in the water. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was it wasn't that 
um, the church wasn't doing anything. It's just that we felt like we should be doing the same, but more consistently. Yeah. So you're talking about activities and, and I, I do want to turn the corner and get into the topic that we have, you know, earning trust in your community. But I want to pick yeah. up on this because um, what you're saying is that you didn't see certain activity. And I guess yeah. I've always thought that the effect of the church in a community should be a changed community. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, divorce rates should go down. Right. Crime should go down. Drug addiction should go down. Homelessness should, should be a Hunger should be a yeah, All of those absolutely. things. So are those the things that you didn't see happening? Or was it just we didn't see enough people out uh, kind of cleaning up trash and handling no, food? No, the, the burden for us was the need. Okay. We saw people in the, our community who were just desperate, who were lonely, um, overlooked. Um, Aubrey used the phrase abused and neglected. Um, people and properties. I mean... Lake Elsinore is a beautiful city with great history and everywhere you look, there's a lot of opportunity and potential, but you don't have to look far before you see people who are really hurting and before you see really even beautiful historic properties that are dilapidated and run down and just sitting waiting for a bulldozer. Yeah. And so for us, I think the, in my heart, the great burden was um, seeing people desperate and just being overlooked by the church and and coming to the conviction that really the church is plan a and there's no plan b yeah so let me jump to the end to the kind of the concluding chapter and then i, I will come back i promise so in what the two or three or four years you've been doing this nine, nine years oops <laughs> time flies what can i say uh, so in the nine years you've been building the dream center in lake elsinore yeah have you seen some of those metrics really be changed have you seen divorce rates and crime rates and drug rates and homelessness and mm -hmm. have you seen those things actually change in that community yeah. yeah both of you are smiling so i just give you know i mean i don't say, know about what the rates are in our community but i know that there is a difference when you drive into lake elsinore now yeah. than when you did nine years ago okay yeah. people come into the city and they say wow lake elsinore something's different here uh -huh. there's businesses on main street there's people coming down and bringing their families the city park that was full of homelessness and needles in the slide people and their kids are playing on now yeah. i mean there is a different atmosphere in lake mm -hmm. elsinore and there is hope that was not there before. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's a, that I guess is what I'm looking for because it seems to me that at some point the church has to put the rubber to the road. Mm -hmm. And when you put the rubber to the road, there's got to be any effect, E-F-F-E-C-T, right? Yeah, it's not absolutely. just about doing activities and mm -hmm. saying, oh, we did it, whether, you know, no, there's got to be a change. Mm -hmm. And that's what transforming your community or reaching your community and changing it is all about. And yeah. that's what you're there to do. So, right. so let's go to the, the, to the fundamental question, because if Lake Elsinore as a community was, was kind of forgotten, I guess mm -hmm. I, I can't remember if one of you used that phrase. It's kind of forgotten. It's a place where people go to kind of get out of the limelight and so forth right. and so on. So these are going to be people largely that you're trying to reach who are somewhat suspicious, I would imagine, mm -hmm. True. of churches, organizations coming in to try to say, hey, we got your, we got the answer for mm -hmm. you, just whatever, whatever. So how do you earn trust with people like that? Yeah, um, we didn't know either. So we Good. had we had this growing burden, and, um, and I really mean we. It was Aubrey and I and our third wheel best friend. We were dating at the time, mm. and he was um, along for the ride to make sure we... So you don't mean like a trailer on the back of no, your truck. No, You're talking about talking somebody about chaperoning you. It was our chaperone, okay, got uh, keeping our relationship pure and holy. <laughs> and um, anyway, Ryan George, wonderful man of God. Yeah. And he and Aubrey and I shared this passion for Lake Elsinore. We saw the need, and we had this burden that was growing growing. And um, 
I'm I'm strategic in my thinking and visionary, and so I started putting together um, a, a strategic vision for what it would look like to have a dream center in Lake Elsinore. Mm. And this thing had been germinating for at least a year. We'd been praying into it. We'd been prayer walking in the streets, but we weren't sure, like, how do we actually take the first step? And I'll never forget, I was at a Wesleyan Holiness Consortium, um, 2013, February, mm. at APU, in that mm. upper uh, meeting room. Yeah. And Matthew Barnett came in to speak. And I was in this mode where I was frustrated and tired and kind of ready to give up. And he walked in the room and I was teary from the moment I saw him to the moment I left. Mm. And as he spoke, he shared their experience in Los Angeles with the Dream Center and how that came to pass. And there was a little Q&A moment at the end. And we're in a room with about 250 pastors and nobody was raising their hand. And I'm like ready to jump out of my skin. I was so excited. <laughs> I threw my hand up. And I just asked simply, knowing everything you know now, if you were to start from square one in a community with nothing like the Dream Center, but all the same problems that you found in your community, what's the first thing you'd do? And before I could even finish the question he was answering, he knew mm. exactly where I was going. He said, I would take two people and I would adopt one block with 30 homes and I would consistently go. I'd knock on doors, finding and filling needs. He said, before long, you'll have so many needs, you'll have to have a Dream Center. Mm, amazing. And to me, that was almost just like opening the gates of it was permission to start. And so we we started slow. It, it was about a year of prayer walking. And then we did a survey. We knocked on doors. We knocked on about a thousand doors in this downtown area. Mm -hmm. Our our um, our roadmap, if you will, was to identify a place of great need and brokenness. That was City Park right on Main Street. And then we mapped a three block radius around that park. And we knocked on every door in that radius. And we simply asked, um, what do you see as the greatest need in this city? And we had our little clipboard and we'd write down whatever they say. Are there any needs in your household? Could we come alongside you and support you in any way? If they said we need diapers or clothes or whatever they said, food, we wrote it down. And then our third question was, we're, this is our dream to have a dream center and adopt a block and really care for this community. Would you like to partner with us and be a part of the solution? If they said yes, I mean, after jumping up and down for joy, we'd write their name, their contact information. That's how we built our mailing list. <laughs> and that's how we started. So we really reached into the community rather than coming in like, you know, a savior on a, a white stallion and declaring that we're here to fix everything. It was more like, hey, we want to come alongside. We want to understand what's going on in this community. This is our community too. And let's partner together and, and make a difference. It's really interesting how what I'm hearing you say is that if we're going to attempt to meet the needs of people, we've got to earn their trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And earning their trust means we listen more than we talk, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. that we're not preaching at people, we are <laughs> listening to people. A lot yeah. of listening. You know, I wonder if that, you know, I wonder if that would be a good lesson for the church across the board. Well, that's a whole different subject. We ought to get into. <laughs> so, so as you began to do that, what how did you know that trust was beginning to grow mm. in this community to the presence of the Dream mm. Center? Mm. Well, I'll say that Brett kind of gave the story, but there's kind of a strategy that uh, we talk about how this works. And so it's that you meet physical, tangible needs because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so you kind of meet them where they're at in that place. Because I, I heard a quote, I don't remember who it's by, but it says, someone cannot hear the, the words of your gospel over the, the uh, moans in their stomach, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? If they're hungry, you got to meet them in the hungry place <laughs> before you can share with them.
them, you know, the the gospel. So Mm. um, we meet those physical, tangible needs consistently, week in and week out. We're there every single Saturday, and we're in that community consistently. Anyone can come in and throw a big event once or twice a year. But if you're there week in and week out, even the most stubborn of cases, (laughs) you're going to have breakthrough there. You're going to have people start to begin to receive you because you're there all every single week yeah. right it's it's people want to be pursued by love yeah <laughs> right um even yeah. if they say they don't they do and so when we're consistently there they start to begin to say oh these people are for real yeah you know mm-hmm. and and then we build relationship with people um because of that because yeah. of that consistency and it really it, that trust there that when you build that relationship when they start to tell you about their kids yes. and um you know their struggles and um, there's ways that they're opening up mm-hmm. yeah i'd love for you to pray with me about this or man, I have this need and I'm kind of ashamed of it, right? Um, Or they open their door and they're a hoarder and they've suddenly let you into this vulnerable space, right? Mm -hmm. Because they need help. Those are the steps where we begin to see that trust is built. Mm -hmm. And then we have the opportunity uh, to speak in to their potential. And and, and not just us fixing their problems, but us coming alongside as champions, Mm -hmm. as cheerleaders for them to be able um, to, to step out of the places of dysfunction that they've been in. Uh, so you, you see trust as people start to open up to you mm-hmm. um, and allow you in. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple of girls who live right on the same street that our headquarters is on. And uh, our our community is sixty five percent Latino, and uh, you know we're a couple of white um, pastors, and uh, yes, and um, they were pretty suspicious of us at I first, yeah. sixteen, seventeen years old, um, but we just came back consistently to their door and loved on them. One of our leaders took them out to lunch and just got to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, they started serving with us at a dock block, and they told us when we first met them, like hey, we don't really trust you guys. You're just a bunch of white people. You don't understand us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they're, they come and volunteer every single week. That's awesome. They watch the kids on Sundays. One of them, she wants to be baptized. And so it's just this incredible thing that happens when you say, I am here for the long haul yeah. and I am not giving up. A consistent, faithful service yeah. makes all the difference. So three words came to my mind. This is the preacher in me. Um, presence, mm-hmm. perseverance, mm-hmm. and purpose. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. You like that? Yeah, I do That'll like preach, that. won't it? Maybe we'll take that. Yeah, because I hear you <laughs> say you got to be with them. You can't send a flyer. No. And you can't send an email inviting them. Mm-hmm. And you got to persist. Mm-hmm. Persevere. The persistence is key. I bet. That consistency, we say all the time, the key to success is consistency. Yeah. And it's a little cliche, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much yeah. you care. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. investing over time, I mean, especially early on. We had people telling us, we'll see if you're here by Christmas. And yeah. it was October. And that same guy that I'm thinking of right now, mm. he was wearing the green shirt that says, I heart L.E. by December. What's, <laughs> wait, the, wait, what's we slower? wear these shirts. I every, heart what? L.E. Lake Elsinore. Lake Elsinore. <laughs> and so we're a little nutty. We wear these crazy shirts. Who wears an I heart L.E. shirt? Well, we do every yeah. week. And we just pour love on our city. And, Good. and there's it, the purpose. It love wins people over. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, for, for us, there's this guiding principle um, that God moves at the speed of relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, we learned this through the Chalmers organization, um, helping without hurting that true poverty is not the lack of material things or a job or money, but true poverty is the lack of healthy and helpful relationship. Mm. And so 
the the lack of a job or lack of money or other material things are symptomatic of poverty but true poverty is isolation yes mm -hmm. and so what what the body of christ is is healthy and helpful relationships it's healthy biblical community and when we infuse that into a community that's broken that's devoid of healthy and helpful relationships poverty gets destroyed yeah mm -hmm. and so really that's been our mission it hasn't the stuff that we do week in week out. They're alibis to get in people's way. Yeah, <laughs> to to repeatedly be in their face and love on them and say, "Hey, can we pray for you today?" You know, yeah. but it's really about relationship. Yeah. So we're going to turn uh, in the next episode. We're going to talk about that purpose of love, which is so important because presence and consistency or perseverance, perseverance. Have, to have, a purpose, have to have a purpose, purpose. Yes. purpose right? Which is love. We'll get that next episode. So let me ask you the other side of this, this coin of trust, because mm -hmm. on the one hand, you've got the people that we've been talking about, mm -hmm. but on the other hand, you've got people who are investing in this. Mm -hmm. You've got 30 plus churches, you've got businesses, you've got organizations, and you're asking them to trust you, mm -hmm. to partner with you to change this community. How do you earn trust with those people? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, it's, it might seem a little bit crass, but I have a little bit of a business background, and I think of this in terms of target markets. We have the, the group of people that we're seeking to redeem and mm -hmm. build relationship with who are isolated, who are broken, um, who have tangible, physical, unmet needs. But we also have this other very important group, um, which um, affectionately we've referred to as um, uh, pew warmers. Um, uh, so, and I was one and Aubrey was one and people who have calling and purpose, um, wrapped up in their bones, but they haven't been deployed. They haven't been mm -hmm. activated and sent out. And so the reality is there are people that fit that category that are in many contexts, just not in the local church per se. Um, so you have local business community, local government, um, uh, downtown residents. Uh, our appeal is, is very simple. We love our city, and we believe that the answer to redeeming the brokenness in our city rests on us, and so let's band together. And so um, one of our highest values from day one has been building a spirit of unity. And, um, and so we've gone out of our way uh, to knock on the doors, not just of people in the community who are in need, but also local pastors' offices, mm -hmm. introduce ourselves and say, hey, we're new in town, but we love the church and we would love to build a relationship with you. And here's the thing that God's putting on our heart. Would you speak into this? And and mm -hmm. I think one of the things I found with with uh, key partners is asking for, um, for input. Um, we genuinely want their input. We want to see where our blind spots are, um, but it's also a, a trust builder, a relationship builder. When sure. you genuinely come to somebody and say, hey, here's what God's putting on my heart, but can you help me make it better? Mm -hmm. And so we started with that. And there was there were definitely some folks that were resistant. And, and we just didn't give up. Yeah. I think if there's one thing we've done right, it's been stubbornness. <laughs> we've just persisted. We haven't given up on, on the people in the community. We haven't given up on the, the local church partners. And so I could say a lot about how we've invested in those relationships, mm -hmm. but um, well, for the I'm sake sure, of time, I don't know how much yeah. you want to dig So in. I'm sure that probably earning the trust of these businesses and churches is in part due to the altruistic purpose that you're talking about. This is a probably this is a, a very compelling purpose. But there's also probably some degree to which um, they know that 
it's going to help them mm-hmm. become what they need to be, whether they're Christians or not. Mm-hmm. It's going to help them become better because as they give beyond themselves, mm-hmm. you know, we all know that that benefits everyone, Everybody. including and especially the giver. That's yes. right. And then thirdly, I would imagine that they know that what you guys are doing, if they are involved with it, it's going to create a better city. Mm-hmm. So the whole environment is changed. So Everybody it's kind of like a win-win all the way around. It really is. Saying. And that to me is, an in, is, is indicative of the kingdom of God, which when people see it through the lens of the kingdom, it's not about how much can I get. It's not contractual. It is giving and it is synergy and it and it and it makes all boats rise higher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've well, experienced that. And I mean everyone in our community sees the problems in our community. Sure. And all of their hearts are broken by it and they don't want it to be so. Right. And they're looking and they're seeing the Dream Center addressing the problems that they see and they think, I need to get on board with this, yeah. right? And what if in every community, the church was the one that everyone looked at and said, whoa, they're the ones meeting these needs that we all feel. Yeah. We need to get on board with what they're yeah, doing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, this is really a good conversation. We go on and on about uh, earning trust uh, in the different constituents in the group because it is relational and and holiness is relational. So you guys are manifesting holiness in a very real, tangible, transformational way mm-hmm. that is relational, it is consistent. It has the purpose. I mean, all of this derives from the theological frameworks we've mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. And in the next episode, um, uh, Brett and Aubrey are going to be joining me again. And we're going to be talking a little bit about engaging with compassion. Remember that purpose that we talked about a little while mm-hmm. ago? What is it that drives that? But at the beginning of that episode, I want, I'm want i going to ask you guys, and so you can tune in for the next uh, uh, episode, I'm going to ask you to tell a little bit about specific specifically what you do. Like, I'm very curious about the hotel <laughs> and about the adopter block. And I really like the idea of the coffee shop. Everybody yeah. loves that. But we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that right now. Okay. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. I'm really glad you all joined us. Uh, make sure you tune in, check the show notes for any links and uh, follow-ups on this. And we're going to continue in this series on transforming your community. And see episode three will be engaging with compassion. Can't wait to join you in that time. Let me encourage you to keep leaning into the wonderful adventure of becoming all that God has envisioned for you to be. Anchoring yourself in a secure identity, you reach with confidence to engage with people and daily life all around you. Allow your curiosity to explore and find God in the edges. Please take time to share this podcast with all your friends and invite them to join me in upcoming weeks as we explore together this exhilarating journey of being anchored and reaching.